Hey everyone, welcome to CrewCast. It's a podcast for guys of every generation. And I'm Todd Mullins, the pastor at Christ Fellowship Church here in South Florida. The CrewCast is a series of real conversations with other men designed to help you grow in your faith, live with purpose, and become the man God has created you to be. Welcome back to CrewCast, a series of conversation for the guys of Christ Fellowship Church from every location and every generation. CrewCast is designed to help you live the life that God has called you to live by igniting your faith and giving you practical tools to walk out with. I'm your host, Jonathan Samuels, and we got our very own Family Ministry Executive Director, Pastor Ryan McDermott What's up, y'all? in the house. Ryan, <laughs> it's good to have you here with us. Uh, Ryan also released a book recently called Unbound, which we'll be linking in the show notes. You want to make sure you grab that. It's been uh, it's a great book. And then we also have with us our very man. own Port <laughs> St. Lucie campus pastor, Travis O'Neill. Welcome, fellas. Come on. Good to be here, man. Come on. Yeah, I'm excited about this conversation today because we're going to be talking about what makes a man. And I'm with some of the manliest men (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate you saying that. I'm not sure if it's true, but. (laughs) There's so many stereotypes. Can you tell my wife that? (laughs) She knows <laughs> around how like what what manliness yeah, is true. and looks like, and uh, yeah. you have to like sports. You have to like all these different things. I, yeah. I guess uh, to start off, I would just ask, what is a manly st- stereotype that doesn't apply to you? Like, mm. I'll go first. For instance, <laughs> for me. It's it's the minivan. I actually love our minivan. Our minivan has space with you. A hundred percent. I keep it like we the doors. No, the, like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> can't do it. I'm not. Uh, I'm push not the a, button, Ryan, and the doors open. No, that's great. I, I'm fine opening my own door. Thank you. I'm not about the man van. Yeah. Sorry. What you got, Travis? Hey, for me, it is. Uh, it's camping. I, I have a lot of guys that they love to go camping. <laughs> And I, I'll just say right here for the world to hear, I'm not a camping oh. guy. I just, uh, I'm not interested. What's your problem I'm with s'mores? You don't like s'mores? I, I love <laughs> s'mores, but I like to eat them and then just walk right in and get into my king size bed. Is it's it great. That, oh, man. Sign me up. I'm going on that trip. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm just, I'm not a sports guy. Mm. So I don't watch any kind of sports. I like to play sports. I like go. to go to events, like sporting events, because I All like right. the atmosphere, the energy, the experience. But I just could not care less about watching sports. <laughs> John, Play sports. We, we got to get him to a game. We do. Hey, we got so Oklahoma University football game, right? Uh, Boomer yeah. Sooner. Texas, you mean? Uh, Hook them horns? We need to end this podcast. <laughs> 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 we're talking about manhood. We're talking about what it means to be a man, what it looks like. And, uh, you know, there's different perspectives of what that means. And different people have thought different things about it all throughout history. Yeah. Pastor Ryan, would you lean in and kind of just give us your thoughts about this? Yeah, I do think it's an interesting topic, you know, like the world has really painted uh, manhood and masculinity like it's a bad thing. Like Mm. we'll talk about toxic masculinity, patriarchal society, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So the world's talking about it. Um, And I even just I I saw a podcast the other day and they were talking about this very thing like manhood. And it was a pastor interviewing like a bodybuilder. (laughs) I don't know if that's it either. You know, like. Um, but man, I think about a couple of things. I, I think about like first Timothy chapter six, um, it says, but as for you, O man of God, uh, pursue righteousness, godliness, mm-hmm. faith, love, steadfastness, yeah. gentleness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if the Bible gives us like a checklist of like, this is what it looks like to be a man. Mm-hmm. However, you know, and here in this scripture, when addressing man of God, he says, you know, it's someone who pursues righteousness, mm-hmm. someone who pursues godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. 
So even to the stereotype things, like I don't know that that's how we often define no. a man, you know. Uh, and if the Bible doesn't give us the checklist, like what should then our model be? Yeah. Well, it's Jesus, right? Yeah. It's, it's the person of Jesus who I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, man, he did the man thing better than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's our model, you know, like obviously we think of the moments where Jesus like flips the table yeah. in the yeah. temple and like, yeah, that's, that's a, a man, thing. you know. Yeah. But like, was he less a man when he was like lowly mm-hmm. and humble and gentle and yeah kind you know so i think we just need to as men of god we need to reframe that jesus is the picture of what it looks like to be a man of faith and you know i i see jesus model a different kind of life than the world seems to propagate as what it means to be means to be a man yeah and even our perspective of who jesus is sometimes gets skewed because we only look at one aspect of jesus where we only look at maybe the flipping the tables or we only look at the miracles or we only but even that holistic view tells us that manhood and what it looks like and what it means to be man is a little bigger as well, right? What do you think, Travis? Yeah, and I, I just think of how every single day we're bombarded nonstop yep. all day long from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed with what the world thinks is manly or masculine yep. or success. And so I just think that that, that always trickles into our thinking. Yeah. can't not trickle into our thinking. And so, um, and the picture that, as you were talking, Ryan, just the picture that I have in my mind is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Like Mm. that, that is, that would, there's, in the world today, that's something that that you would be (laughs) crucified if you, if you stooped that low and did something. Yeah. Right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. (laughs) So, but truthfully, that's the picture that's the model that we should strive for and that only happened because he was full of humility at all times yeah 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 i think i think to be a man means you take responsibility you know Mm. i think to to be a man does mean that we recognize our role as leaders for people around us for family Mm -hmm. whatever that means for for us um but i think you're right like what we see is jesus takes the position of like a servant leader you Mm -hmm. know like they're at least according to Jesus, there's no other way to lead, right? Yeah. Except to be a servant. And yeah. I think, yeah. you know, like I'm a lot more concerned about being like a servant in my family yeah, than being um, the man in yeah. my family. Speak you to know? that a little bit more, though. When you say you're concerned about being a servant, what does that look like? Does that just look like uh, you're a doormat? You just, you, I mean, there's a couple of perspectives that we could say even about that. What does that yeah. look like for you and your family? Yeah, so obviously I believe the biggest spiritual responsibility that I have is to is to care for my mm-hmm. my wife and kids. That's just what my family looks like. It's not what every family looks like, but like God has entrusted me to help look after my family in the same way that he's entrusted you to look after your family. And so that means I, I take responsibility for mm-hmm. them. I take seriously my, my role in providing for them, all of those things. But it also means more specifically, like if I don't get that right, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what else I get right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, so to what you were saying of Travis, of like, you know, what the world defines as success yeah. or what the world says you got to be about, like, you can get all those things right. And we know we could, we could list men. I've been the man, like, to <laughs> yeah. get the, get the wrong things right, mm. right? And get the right things wrong. And so for me, I think when I start to think about what scripture has to say about, like, what it means to be a man, I think it comes down to priorities. Like, mm. what, what are the things that you value the most? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like there's been this kind of phrase that's just helped me frame it. Like, uh, 
So it's Christian, husband, father, pastor, in that order always. Mm. And I'm a pastor, but you could fill, you could put whatever businessman, yeah. entrepreneur, yeah. you know, uh, coach, you could put whatever word in there, but like Christian, husband, father, pastor, in that order always, right? So that my primary responsibility is like my own soul health, self-leadership, my own walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Secondly, my, my wife, specifically my wife, not my, not my family, because my kids actually, I think, biblically come after my <laughs> commitment to my spouse, which is another thing we sometimes <laughs> get wrong. Um, but then everything else flows from that, right? So I think a lot of us are successful in the wrong areas, and we've kind of painted that yeah. That's the picture of what it means to be. I mean, man. that's big, right? Because when we talk about uh, what it means to be a man, and we talk about the world's perspective versus the biblical perspective, it is almost like outside first, and then inside second. Um, and we do that like personally. It's what I do versus who I am, um, but also what we do with our families and what that looks like. So, Travis, what does that look like practically for you? As we are talking about uh, what it means to be a man and serving, what does that practically look like for you? Man, first of all, Christian, husband, father, pastor. I just wrote that down. I'm not a tattoo guy, but I feel like maybe I should get <laughs> a ta- tattoo. I feel like I should get a it's tattoo that says that. I'll explain it to you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think practically for me um, is every single day I have priorities for work. Yep. I have priorities for my family. Mm. And I, I, I have expectations. We all have expectations, whether you're a teacher, yep. uh, a pastor, or a business owner, whatever you might be, mm-hmm. you have priorities and responsibilities. And so uh, I think for me, what I do practically is when I'm invited to do something fun with my friends or I'm invited to anything for work or for personal the first question I ask myself is, how does this affect my family? Yep. And I tell my wife this <laughs> all the good. time. I don't think she has ever believed me, but I tell her all the time, I'm always thinking about yep. you and the kids. I'm mm-hmm. always thinking about how can I get home sooner? Yep. How can I carve out more time for them? Yep. And so that question that just is always running through my mind yep. helps me. It guides every decision that I make. Yeah. If I want, uh, if I get invited to speak at young adults, how does that affect my family? If yeah. I'm invited to play 18 holes of golf with Ryan, <laughs> the great Ryan he, McDermott, he said no to me. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt to. I wanted to say yes, but the, I asked the question: How does this affect my family? And I told you no because yep. I That's knew right. I needed to That's be right. home. And so practically for me. Everything that comes my way, every opportunity, it's I always look at it through the lens of how does this affect my time with my family because that is uh, a massive priority before I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. I like that. I, that feels like a good boundary to say no to things. Like this is how I uh, bounce things off that are coming in. Uh, what would you say if someone were to come to you and say, I need to know how to go on offense on how to be a better man, mm-hmm. how to actually practically do something yep. like to make me better. Yep. What would you guys say to that? Find better men than, yeah. than you <laughs> yep. and and surround yourself with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a lot of times we might have a desire to grow, but we don't place ourselves in environments where we can grow. And if you want that, then you, you, you surround yourself with it. Um, you know, you practically find somebody who like has, has raised the family that you hope to one day be like, mm. you know, I'm like, 
I look at people who, you know, like Travis or others who do have kids out of the house. He's <laughs> still got kids in the house because you got like 37 <laughs> children. But, you know, seriously, like find, I find people who I'm like, man, I, I want my family to look like yours. I want mm-hmm. our habits to look like yours. I, I want my kids to, to act like your, you know, to, mm-hmm. I want, I want that and um, sit around them and ask them questions and give them permission to hold you accountable. That's one super practical way to get on the offense, right? You know, I think that's really good. If you take a second, if you'll just speak to maybe the young adult who's listened to the podcast and they're on pathway, they're, they're, they're directed towards, they don't have a family yet, and we're saying to them, hey, biblical meaningless looks different, looks yep. like Jesus. How would you help them get on the offense? Yeah. I mean, again, I go back to the community thing, right? Find people who love Jesus more than you do <laughs> and spend your time with them. It's actually not rocket science. Yeah. So do that. Um, but, you know, like, I think we have these ideas that, like, you know, when I'm married or when I have kids, I'll be this, I'll do that or whatever. But in reality, like, the decisions that you make at, you know, not, not even as a young adult, 12, 13, 14, mm. 15, 16, those decisions are going to affect you for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And that's actually really difficult sometimes to think about in that age and stage is that these decisions matter. So like, you know, wherever you find yourself in that journey, like be be a man of God now, be a person mm. of purity now, make the decisions that are going to build your character and build your integrity now, you know, because it actually only gets more complicated. Like it actually mm. only gets harder. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah. But that's the truth, right? So mm-hmm. the the little decisions, the community surround yourself, the habits you develop, the the time you're in God's word, the the your commitment to the church, your commitment to serve, your commitment to build, all of those things are going to lead you to a place where you can do those things later because you laid a foundation at a younger age. Literally two days ago, I sat with a young adult, a guy who is just struggling in his role. Um, he has a job that he 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 thinks he likes, but he's not sure. He's trying to figure it out, and he's just you know he just was just telling me how hard life is. And here I am, I'm 41, and I was you know I listened a lot, and then I said, you know what? I remember when I was 22, I thought my life could not get any harder than what it was, mm-hmm. and it's only gotten more difficult or more challenging. And so I told him, I'm like, you have to embrace the hardship mm. and actually just work through it mm. just okay but let's it. i'm gonna double yeah, click yeah. on that okay. real fast part of the struggle of, of manhood a is sometimes it's minimized right like yeah. you, you just you get to be a guy and everything's easy for you you don't no. have to worry about it yeah. much but it, but uh, the guys who i know that are trying really hard to do it well yeah. trying right. to uh, do well with their health spiritually yeah, yeah. and physical health right. while also maintaining a job and a family yeah. and the and the weight of all of that that they're they're trying to carry at the same time and yep. trying to yeah. expand that. Like, how, how do you carry that? Like, yeah. What do you do with the the expectation and weight of manhood? I think it's managing your emotions and your feelings. A lot of it begins there because feelings are real, right? But they're not reliable. So mm-hmm. when you are feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling like life is just so difficult. You need to get around somebody that's a little bit older, like Ryan said, that can say, hey, I had those feelings too. Mm-hmm. And here's what I did is I just I just kept moving forward. I kept mm-hmm. building the habits and the practices that lead that led me to a healthier place, a place of uh, strength. And uh, just embracing the hardship and knowing that it's not as hard as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you build, 
if you have the right voices in your life, right? Pastor Todd says, right voices, right choices mm-hmm. all the time. And so if you have those around you, you will naturally, I think very quickly, begin to understand that I'm going to get, I'm all right. I'm going to get through this. They've done it. I can do it too. And you just move forward. Yeah. And I, I think that's not to diminish the struggle that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And I think where the enemy would w- even want to creep in and twist what Travis is saying is to go, oh, well, you just don't understand. It'll mm-hmm. only get harder. What you're dealing with is not a big deal. Just push through it. But that's, that's not what he's saying at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, what he's saying is through through discipline and through steadfastness, the Lord increases your capacity mm-hmm. to manage the complexity of life over time. So the way I feel it, I just turn 38, but <laughs> the way I feel at 38, like I, I felt the same way when I was 28 or 18 mm. of like, how do I, how do I manage all of this? Yeah. How do I figure it out? How do I deal with it? But over time, the Lord increases your capacity. So right. it's not that it's a less of a struggle and it's only getting worse. It's just like, no, Lord, Lord if you're steadfast and you're disciplined, yeah. the Lord will grow in you the capacity to deal with things as they get more complicated. So I just think, you know, it really does go back to that idea that we, we talk about a lot. It's like those, there are no such thing as small decisions. Mm. The decisions that you're making now determine the stories that you'll tell yeah. tomorrow. And I think when it comes to this idea, that's, that's really true, right? Like I yeah. want to be a man who honors God, not just at 13 or 23, but 73 or uh-huh. 103, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. But, you know, like, Let's go. so it's it's for the long haul. So, and mm-hmm. I think we just have to really guard and protect ourselves against what the world says manliness is. Mm. And the only way to do that is to ground ourselves in the Word of God constantly. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Uh, one thing that I've heard as a string between both of you as you're talking about this is this idea of discipline. Mm-hmm. and how us working through discipline uh, as men prepares us for more capacity, but also allows us to be more manly, if we can put it that way. Uh, w- describe for me what you mean by discipline. What areas are we getting discipline in? What do we need to m- input in our lives? What does that look like? Discipline is doing what you don't want to do because you know that it is going to move you in a direction that you need to go. Mm. And so at 5.15 this morning, the last thing I wanted to do was get up and do a workout. Mm-hmm. But I did that. I feel better because of it. And the more I do that, the more uh, I build that habit, the better I feel and the more positive I feel about myself. And so I just think discipline is knowing where you want to go, knowing where you want to get, and then building habits and routines that are going to get you there. And most of the time, those habits and routines are not what you want to do. <laughs> you don't want to get up early and you know work out, spend time in the Word. You don't want to do that. But you know that road leads you to a place of health and strength. Yep. And uh, you're going to be in the minority if you do that. But then you're just going to feel better about where you're headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yes and amen to all that. But I'll talk to you about my struggle with that mm-hmm. is like, what I find to be true in my life is when I get really disciplined in one area, mm. it's it's that it falls off in another area. So I could feel like, man, my spiritual habits and practices, and that's good. And relationally, things are because we have habits in all those areas, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I want to have strong, healthy relationships, I have to call my mom. I have to do, you know, <laughs> yeah, like I got to yeah. do all right. that takes a lot of work. I got to do things, and and I find like if I'm really succeeding like spiritually as an example well like a lot of times physically i'm slacking you Mm -hmm. know or or the other way like so it's it's this constant tension of kind of managing (laughs) 
we need to be people of discipline, which means to, to Travis's point, it's, it is habits, but like I'm, I'm actually deciding to orient my life around the thing I think is most valuable. And it may not be the same yeah. in every season. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be disciplined in every area of your life all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I mean, that's so good. And I, I think I personally resonate with that. Two years ago, I lost 60 pounds in like six months. And it was like, this is awesome. We're on track. And then we had our third child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everything got derailed. Mm-hmm. And finally, I started talking to one of my mentors. And I'm like, I, you know, currently our schedule looks like uh, our oldest has to be to school by seven o'clock. And we live 40 Ooh. minutes from that. So we have to leave the house at 630, which means I have to get my family up by 530, which means to work out this morning was 430 in order to get on a bike because I'm no longer going to the gym at that mm. point. And I just looked at one of my mentors. And I was like, I don't know how much of this I have. And he says almost identical to what you said is like, we should all always care about our health, yeah. but is the is that the most important thing? Meaning, like, um, should your should your dis- discipline be more focused on family time right, right. now? Be more focused on yeah. uh, uh, time with them and things like that. And so, I resonate that I, I hate that yeah. because part of me feels like I should be able to do all the things at all the time. Yeah. Um, but that manhood doesn't mean omniscience or omnipotence. It yeah. means. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, part of that and part of the problem with that, though, is when we look at manhood and we look at life in general, we see certain men who do certain things differently. And what we can do is we can cause polarization. Mm-hmm. Right. So then mm-hmm. we get on social media, we're mm-hmm. blasting yep. or we start to look at. And although we're called to be harbingers of truth, how do we navigate uh, maybe calling out other men or dealing with some of these things that could be divisive in nature? Mm. I mean, the only people I'm interested in calling out are the people who are close to me, you know, like the people that I we're engaged in doing life together. And more often than not, the they are the same people who've invited me to, to, to yeah. do that for them, you know, like, um, I don't know, I've just kind of taken a different, like, I'm not yeah. really interested in publicly calling out things <laughs> that I think are, um, you know, but if you know me, you know what I believe, you know what I think, you know, I'm going to hold you to the standards that, you know, uh, I think God's word sets for us and you're trying to achieve. But, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, we're all in it together, yeah. right? I don't, I don't know exactly how to address that, but we're not competing with one another, right. you know? I just like to stay in my own lane. Yeah. I, I, I think so <laughs> it's many times. a much times, better way to say what I was trying <laughs> to say. Don't take the bait. There's so much yeah, bait out there for guys to dive into things that are yep. going to negatively impact their life. And so just avoid those things. Mm, don't yep. take that bait of diving into that, that the, all of those comments or this or that, even reading. or I mean, just, just stay in your lane and focus on the priorities, Pastor Ryan, that you were talking about. And, and I love what you just said about how in different seasons that really resonated with me. I appreciate both of you guys saying that. But I think that's what, that's what I would say is just stay focused on the things that are most important. Yep. Those things shift over time, but as you stay focused on those things, you're going to keep, you're going to stay out of saying or and or doing things that you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, for me, like this is just my my life, my scenario. the 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 true test of whether or not I have lived lived out my life as a man of God is not going to be determined by a message that I preach mm. or something that I lead or something that I build. It's going to be determined by 
what what my wife and kids have to say about me <clears throat> after I'm gone, and yep. have I provided a legacy for them that's worth following, like a follow me as I follow Christ yeah. scenario. And at the end of the day, for me, nothing nothing else matters. A couple of days ago, I met with a couple, um, and uh, I pulled the guy aside afterwards, and they're walking through some marriage struggles, and um, I like to preach this to myself. And I like to to encourage guys let with others. Get in on it. <laughs> yeah, yep. And uh, so what that is is like I I always like to remind myself that my wife, when I look at my wife, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything, she is a reflection of me and my leadership. Mm. So if she's not strong and healthy and vibrant and encouraged, it's my fault. And there's a lot of guys, not everybody listening to this podcast, uh, but there's a lot of guys that are listening that are married. And so I would just, I would encourage you to take a second, think about your wife spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, and what does she reflect? If it's not health and strength and you, in unity, then you're, you, you have some work to do. And uh, that's what I reminded this guy a couple a couple days ago. And regardless of the things going on in their life or the reasons why there's division or whatever it is, like it's it's an opportunity for you to own that and step back in and help her reflect you in a way that is help her just be the best version of herself. Mm-hmm. That's great, and I think that's a great illustration of what it means to serve the family and. Uh, and going back to the definition of manliness and talking about biblically looking at the idea that Jesus served and that we can do that too and exemplify right. that. I've loved this conversation. We have been closing out CrewCast with some rapid fire questions. And so I got some questions I'm going to toss your way. I'm going to start with Pastor Ryan first okay. with this. Here we go. And then you just got to say it as quickly as okay. you can. All right. All right. Steak or sushi? Sushi. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Question. Even the non-sports guy gets it right. People. Anyway, read the instructions or wing it. Wing it. (laughs) Same. Football or football? Football. (laughs) Podcasts or books? Books. Ribs or wings? Wings. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. That. All right. I'm going. Are they your ribs or? (laughs) (laughs) That is a big deal. Yeah, you have a reputation, Pastor Jonathan. (laughs) Listen, I should have brought some here. We were talking about manhood. I don't bring racks of ribs. I don't know what I'm thinking. All right, I'm going with you. Same question: steak or sushi? Steak. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Read the instructions or wing it. Instructions. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm a rule follower at heart. Football or football? Football. Okay. (laughs) Specifically, Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Podcast or books? Podcast. Ribs or brisket? Oh, we changed mm. it. Jonathan's brisket. Listen, <laughs> come on, Actually, baby. I brought you some brisket. I forgot about this. Hutchins, <laughs> if you're, if anyone that works at Hutchins in Dallas, Texas, is listening to this, mm. please come Sponsored. to South <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Let's go. We have, we legit have no good barbecue. No. there's a couple spots, but they're not. <laughs> They're not Texas 50. <laughs> well, uh, what an incredible conversation we got a chance to have today. And uh, I will make, be sure to link some of these notes in our show notes today, including Pastor Ryan's book. Uh, you want to make sure you check that out. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to challenge you, though, uh, like we just heard, if you are questioning or looking at how you can be better as a man first, 
do this blameless autopsy that we just heard about. Take a look at where you are. Take a look at your family. Take a look at those who are closest to you. Ask what they would say about your life and then choose to take the steps, become disciplined to change and become the man that God's asked you to be. I want to encourage you uh, to also join a group if you haven't yet, because community is one of the best ways that we can grow together. I'm so thankful you got a chance to join us today. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll catch you next week.